I begin to wonder, listening to these two readings about why does God go through the route he at times goes instead of the street route. We hear the creation story. Did God not know that man would need a woman from the beginning? It looks in the second chapter of Genesis that it was an afterthought. But in chapter 1, that is not the case. He says man and woman he did create. But in the second chapter, he says, it's not good for man to live alone. Let us make a suitable companion for him. And guess who were the companions that he created for the man? Those animals. And send them to the man. Probably their pets and those cattle and birds. And send them. And Adam named all of them and none of them proved to be a suitable companion. So, like, God did not get it. Then he takes another plan. He made Adam sleep and then he took his rib and fashioned that rib into a woman and brought it to the man. And when the man woke up and saw the woman, he said, at last. In other words, all along you never got it, but now you got it. At last. The bone of my bone, the flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because he was taken out of man. Immediately it shows you the complementality uh, of the man and the woman. There is fullness. There is happiness in the garden. But he concludes the story that the man and the woman were both naked but they were never ashamed. That uh, you know, transitions us to the next level of the story, the fall in the garden. But I think there is something more to it. It also emphasizes the suitability and the complementality of the woman and the man. That both of them were naked, they were never ashamed. It's like, if you are naked alone, you are never ashamed. So if he is with a man or with a woman and they are never ashamed, it means they could share everything in common. They were not worried about anything. That complementality will be broken after the fall. But before the fall, everything looked very perfect for them. In the gospel, we hear also about another woman. This woman was not a Jew. He was not part of the people of the covenant. This woman indeed was a Seraphonician by birth. He was a, she was a Greek woman. And it's not surprising that she lived in the district of Tyre. And Jesus thought that he could sneak and have his privacy But the person who saw him, trusted, believed, 
and knew that Jesus would be the only hope for her, was a pagan, a Seraphonician woman, a Greek lady. And we are told he goes to Jesus and he begged him to drive the demon out of her daughter. Jesus could have easily gone with this woman, call out a demon, and the demon would have evaporated. But look at the contour of the story. How would Jesus say, let the children be fed, fed first, for it is not right to take the food of the children and throw it to the dogs. Oh. I tell you, if I say this to anybody in this church, I tell you, hell will break loose. Because, you know, among the Jews, you know, they disrespected the pagan, the Gentiles. They were called the Hagoim, the infidels. They were called by different names, uh, you know, dogs. But even among the Greeks themselves, the dog was a disgraceful animal. And that a lady who is audacious is referred to as a dog. A lady who was shameless was referred to as dog. So that comment is not a positive comment. But why would Jesus do that? Because this lady is going to receive one of the greatest gifts, the gift of healing, the gift of salvation, and therefore the receptacle, the container for that grace should be well prepared. And Jesus uses that as a way of preparing this woman. And the woman was able to show her faith her persistence, her humility. These three qualities are qualities that I think any one of us living today would need. Persistency in prayer. Humility in dealing with other people. And faith in God. This woman had faith in the first place to go to Jesus. But compounding the situation was the suffering that was meted on her. She identified with the daughter who was suffering and Jesus compounded the suffering. But the woman was a woman of faith. She said, don't forget that the dogs have the right to eat the crumbs that fell under the table. You know, in, 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 in that setting, in those days, when, when you wash your hands, they were given bread, they used the bread to wipe their hands. And when they finished wiping their hand, they throw it to the ground. And he said, can the dog eat that? The bread that people did not value, the dogs wanted. And he tells immediately, Mark's gospel begins immediately with confrontation with the Jewish authorities, rejecting who Jesus is. His mission was rejected. And that is why there was conflict right from the beginning. 
So this woman is literally saying that the things that the so-called children have rejected, the dogs have the right to eat. That was her faith. And Jesus says to this woman, For saying this, you may go. The demon has gone out of your daughter. You know, when we approach Jesus, we want our prayers to be answered in a specific way. Not the way of the Lord, but our way. We always want God to be part of our timetable instead of us being on the timetable or the calendar of God. My daughter is being tormented. For God's sake, I'm talking about my daughter in crisis. And instead of accompanying me to the place and, and laying your hands or rebuking the devil, you just told me you can go. Your daughter is healed. Mm. It takes faith to accept that. The woman did accept that and he, she left. And when the woman went home, she found the child lying in bed and the demon gone. The word of God is powerful. The word of God will make a difference in our life if and only if we have faith in the Lord. May the Lord increase our faith. May the Lord help us to be humble. May the Lord strengthen us to be persistent in our prayers. Amen.